Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Podcast Daily. Happy Thursday from Bill Landis and me, Austin Ward. It's a special edition because we have some great news about Big Ten Media Days to share with you all. Uh, and then we also <laughs> said it's canceled. <laughs> we don't have to go. Hey, that would be a dream come true. Canceled and replaced with a full team media day on campus, which Perfect. is... Of course, my idea for what the Big Ten needs to do do for the future. We can get into that if we want. Uh, Bill and I are going to talk about the three Buckeyes heading to Indianapolis with Ryan Day. And we also have a special treat. Instead of a Freaky Friday interview, Maxwell Moldovan would be pretty busy. He's playing in the Barbasol Championship this weekend. He Monday qualified the Ohio State golfer who made the cut at the U.S. Open in a PGA Tour event this week. Talked to him on Wednesday uh, as he got ready to play today. He tees off at 8.57, so we, we'll have that chat, a little special addition to the show. Um, but before we get into that, it's football time. And Bill, do you agree with these three picks for the Buckeyes? Just going from, from one scratch coffer to another. Um, <laughs> uh, y- yeah, like they make they make sense. I think if you were to um, just go ba- go off of like profile alone, Maybe you like to see Tommy Eichenberg in that mix, but as someone who is uh, whose livelihood depends on the words that other people say, um, I I think it makes sense that that Tommy uh, is not going, and and it's certainly well within his right to to not do that. I would not want to subject him to that if it were my decision either. Um, so the trio of like Marvin Harrison Jr., Kate Stover, JT Tuimolowell. Um, I think that makes sense. You get a balance of both sides of the ball. You get some captains in there. You get a guy who might be the best player in college football this year. So, so it's a good mix. I think there were a couple others maybe who could have made the cut. Um, like Donovan Jackson maybe could have been one. Um, I don't know. Maybe Lathan Ransom maybe could have been a good one too. Uh, but this this trio makes sense. I think I think if you if if you come to the table with the understanding of who Tommy is and what he would prefer to do, these are probably the three you'd settle on. I mean, should we should we spill the, a little inside baseball tea on that? Yeah, why not? Go ahead. He was given the option. Ohio State yeah. doesn't force anyone to go. Uh, now, they may, in Marvin's case, say, uh, the Big Ten kind of wants the superstars there. It'd be great if you could really do this. Please, please go. Uh, but when it was presented to Tommy Eikenberg, and he was like, what do I have to do? And he got the list of responsibilities for that day in Indianapolis. He was like, nah. And Ohio State, to their credit, was like, okay, no problem. (laughs) I I don't know if – so, like, we go and the players are at a podium for, like, what's it? It's 40 minutes now. It used to be, like, like 90 minutes, and now it's, like, about half that. Um, And the same thing for the coaches. But that's not all they do. Um, They used to be there for, like, the entirety of, like, the two days. I don't don't think they make them do that anymore because they don't do the luncheon thing anymore, I don't believe. But it's still a long day of talking. Like, it's not just us they're talking to. They'll – They'll go to whatever radio shows are there and talk to those guys. They'll do interviews with TV stations, all like Fox and NBC and Big Ten Network all have like little stations set up and do sit down interviews with everybody. They'll make them do stupid stuff on social media. Like you were, you're talking for like seven hours. Um, and that's a lot. Like it can actually, it can be quite exhausting. Um, and especially so when you're a guy who like in the regular course of a day might say 12 words. So uh, I totally understand uh, where Tommy is coming from. And if I were him, I think I would have made the same decision. Yeah. I, that's another reason why I think that this format, it has outlived its usefulness. Like it's primarily a made for BTN event. I get that part. I think that there are other solutions that they could come up with that would help 
the Big Ten media, maybe not the national media, which is it probably goes in order of uh, broadcast partners get in the national media to make it easy for them to get the whole league, and then us, you know, day to day team focused reporters and podcasters they they don't really care because there is no world where us getting three Buckeyes and Ryan Day is all that helpful for the audience like compared to the alternative which is hey have every school bring their entire roster out for one hour uh, and then have feast at it you know that's a lot more information that we could gain rather than you know hearing you know the Indianapolis media ask about Marvin's dad and playing for the Colts and being in the Ring of Honor. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> I know you didn't think about that, did you? I sure didn't. I'm sorry to break it to you, <laughs> but it's going to be tough to sneak in questions once the Indiana television crews show up. Um, you know, Cade getting asked a million times about the toughness, and I am kind of interested to see how well he can maintain his composure in the face of that. And then JT Tuimolua, who wants to take no personal credit for anything that he does. Um, you know, th- those three guys are going to get big crowds. They always do. It's Ohio State. But mm-hmm. I don't know how much those three can actually shed light on a lot of the other stuff that's going on in the offseason for Ohio State, uh, especially if we have to hear about Marvin Harrison Sr. for a nonstop hour. Yeah, I had not considered that. That's going to be really unfortunate. Um Hopefully we'll be able to, I'm sure we'll be able to get Marvin away from that media scrum for a few minutes to talk about things people actually care about. Um, <laughs> Cade, Cade will be interesting because it's, it's a, you're just sitting there for, like we said, 40 minutes or so. And, but a lot of the media are kind of like bouncing around and you come with a list of questions like Cade Stover is going to get asked the same question probably like seven times. Um, and I don't know if he has the the patience for that. Um, so it will be like I there are there are other guys who are um, understanding of of that dynamic. I would be probably pretty annoyed by that too, especially when they're very obvious questions. Um, so like I get it, but he's not not someone I think who's really interested or capable of hiding that when he gets annoyed. So uh, that could be pretty entertaining. <laughs> I might just stand by Kate's table the entire time and just see how he reacts to those things. Like the, like the fourth time he gets asked about losing to Michigan um, could be quite a scene. Yeah. I think you're making a great uh, pick there. We might have to fight over that between the three of us. I know that Berm won't want to leave it. That's He's going to want to watch Cade, his muse the entire time to see how he reacts. <laughs> and I, the only reason that I bring that up, A, it's his personality, but B, he had already shown some of that irritation before the Peach Bowl in the media days that preceded that, both in Atlanta and on campus, when uh, there was the long layoff where we didn't talk to anybody, and Cade is a captain and a spokesman for the team, and they're like, well, you know, how do you guys bounce back from this and rally? And I, like, Cade's, he feels the sting. He's an Ohio kid. He's a captain. He wasn't happy about it. But a lot of this for you know looking back at what happened on November 26th of last year stands in the way of forward progress. And I think mm. that Cade, I think, did the best job of describing that, where his irritation showed that there wasn't any point for Ohio State to just keep solely talking about the game and the rivalry in Michigan because they could still win a national championship. And some of that is, and maybe even more so, is going to be true in two weeks in Indianapolis because it's a new season. And that's not the only game that matters on the schedule, even if it's the most important regular season one they play. I do. I do think there will be, <clears throat> it's, it's a similar 
topic, I suppose, but there will be some interesting things to get into and we'll probably drill down more on some of the, the major questions we have as we get closer to it. But um, I do think there was some things learned last year about the approach to the Michigan game, the fallout from it, the reset to get ready for Georgia, and then how they put that on the field against Georgia. I think, and I think all three of these guys will be able to talk about that in, in a fairly intelligent and, and insightful way um, that we get a lot out of, but it's almost like it's a thing that's a little difficult. I think about media day sometimes, and it's easier for us, I guess, because we have um, three people, but like if you're there by yourself and you're kind of trying to bounce around, you miss a lot. And I think, you're more likely to get like the best stuff within the first like 10 to 15 minutes of a guy sitting down at this table. Um, and I hope that that kind of stuff does come up early on in their processes because I, it is, it's, it's well, it's interesting to me. I don't, maybe it's not interesting to other people, but I, I like the, the willingness to be introspective. Um, and I, I, maybe the players won't have that. I, I wonder if Ryan day will, when he sits down as well, but, but if they are, I, I do think there'll be some interesting stuff to glean from that as they, take what they learned last year, reset and put it on the field here in 2023. Some of it might depend on the way that it's structured in terms of Ohio state schedule, because if, if the last thing that they do, which sometimes it works out this way is come, you know, do their podium session and then you're done. Well, that means as you alluded to earlier that you've gone and talked to every network and every, you know, Mm -hmm. national reporter. I used to be fortunate enough to do that when I was at ESPN and you had your own room, ESPN.com had that. And it was like, you did get a lot of great stuff there. A, it was one-on-one, and B, it was kind of early, before they did anything else. Uh, that's when the really good stuff you know, popped out. There's a fatigue factor, and so it's not even just the first 10 minutes if they get to the podium that you're talking about where some good stuff may be said. Uh, it will help that there's familiar faces, so maybe that uh, can provide a benefit you know, for the local media, but like they may already be worn out by the time they get to the podium, and then they get that stuff for 45 minutes, and It'll, they'll say things like, ah, you know, as I said earlier, as I, I mm-hmm. told somebody else, like you'll, you hear that a lot. And I, I just, I hope that's not the way it works out for Ohio state though. I fear it might be. So I'm looking at the schedule now. Um, Ryan at the, the main podium, the stuff you see on big 10 network, Ryan day is last. Um, he will follow Kirk Ferentz, which, mm. uh, what a warm up act. Should be interesting. It's fun. I'm looking at this. Pat Fitzgerald's still on here. So I guess this could change. <laughs> Subject to change. <laughs> um, but but as it's as it stands, uh, as I'm looking at this uh right now on the Big Ten Media uh, Day website, Ryan Day is last at the podium. Ohio State student athletes are first for the breakout oh. sessions. Oh. Um, which is nice. I hope that doesn't change. Um, and then Ryan Day is not last, but he's he's close to the end of the uh the breakout schedule he goes uh at 3 30 in the afternoon till 4 15 and the whole thing wraps up at five so he'll be later in the day he'll be worn out but hopefully the players will be in a, in a good mood when we get to talk to him all right well there you have it um did you think there was any chance that kyle mccord could be invited you know what um maybe like I think maybe I've mentioned this before. Like there's, there have been some stuff like ESPN's gone through and done some stories in the off season. And like, they've, they've allowed ESPN to talk to Kyle. And I think Kyle has maybe talked to some other national outlets. So they're kind of putting him out there a little bit. And we all assume that he'll be the starter. So um, I don't think I, I would have been surprised. I don't, I didn't think it was an impossibility, but um, f- fairly unlikely, but not impossible. Yeah. He's really, polished in those situations as well for somebody who's done very little media um but i guess they figured there'll be enough time for that later in the season 
Yeah, he definitely he would have been good. Um, but also, if he and Marvin were both there, then it'd just be questions about the Philadelphia Catholic League from me. So, what's the <laughs> downside to that? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing we, at all. We've got to find some way to get it through the heads of the Big Ten uh, communications department that Big Ten Media Days needs to be canceled. And I think you... <laughs> Standing up there for 45 minutes talking about the birds and the fills in the Catholic League <laughs> would have been a great way to make that point. Just make all the other reporters so angry that they all rise as one to get them to cancel Big Ten Media Days. I, I'll, yeah. I'll do that. I'll take that on. Now I've got the idea. Perfect. <laughs> all right. Uh, we, as Bill said, we'll get into more of that coverage as we get closer. It's two weeks away. Uh, as you can tell, we're pretty excited for that and to have some more football and some actual news to break down for Ohio State. Um, maybe we'll get that. Uh, in the coming days with some players stay tuned for that we'll have more coverage coming uh, on the podcast daily and maybe in some other interviews uh, as we get ready and get closer to training camp starting Uh, but until then that's going to end the football conversation with bill and myself we're going to switch gears and head over to the golf course with max moldova all right folks let's uh let's jump over to the golf course normally we would save some of our special guests for a freaky friday uh, but this guy over here is going to be pretty busy max moldovan uh, he is qualified into the Barbizal Championship. He plays for Ohio State Golf. He's also a uh, U.S. Open cut maker, and he's having a pretty busy summer, and he's giving us a couple minutes before he prepares. Max, thanks for taking the time, first of all. Of course. Thank you for having me. All right, so for anybody who is listening to the podcast today uh, who doesn't know what Monday qualifying is, how did you get into the field this week? Yeah, so thankfully the made cut at the U.S. Open um, got me through um, every pre-qualifier for the rest of the PGA Tour season and actually all the fall as well. Um, So I was able to start uh, just signing up for the Monday qualifier. And um, yeah, I went down to Kentucky um, on Sunday and got an afternoon practice round in and um, just had a really good day on Monday. Um, And thankfully it was enough to get me in the field. Now, th- that's the hard way in on those Mondays. I th- how many players were in the field? What did you shoot on Monday? I think there were 71 players on the field uh, for four spots in the tournament, and I shot seven under par. Yeah, that'll work. Um, this, this process and you know, wanting to add that to your summer schedule, uh, I mean, you could be just working on the range or hanging out in Columbus. Why do you want to take on some of these bigger challenges right now? Um, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, especially right now, I feel like my game's in a pretty good place. So I want to give myself as many opportunities as I can to be successful. Um, I actually had the plan, if I didn't Monday qualify, I was going to fly straight to Dallas for the Transmiss Amateur um, and play that starting on Tuesday without a practice round. Um, So I think just, especially in the summer, um, when I can make my own schedule, I think the biggest thing for me is just giving myself as many opportunities as I can to be successful and um, hoping that at the right time I'll, I'll get that win and um, or have that good week. So you mentioned that you get a little bit of a head start for some of these Monday cues based on what you did at Los Angeles country club that week seems like it was kind of a, a life changer or, or it could be, I won't put words in your mouth. Uh, you've had a little bit of time since then. What did that accomplishment mean for you and how has it changed everything since then? Uh, it meant a lot, um, I think mostly for my confidence. I think being able to go out there and compete um, last year at the U.S. Open, I struggled a little bit and missed the cut by a few. 
but to go out there this year, um, knowing that I was a better player and proving that um, and making the cut and beating a lot of uh, really good players. Um, I know, I mean, it's week to week in the game of golf, but um, that week being able to, to beat some big names that I look up to a lot, um, it was a cool moment for me to realize that my game is getting close to the point where I can compete um, at the highest level. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's definitely done a lot, I think, Getting exempt through the pre-qualifiers is a big deal, uh, especially um, into the fall. Um, our college season schedule won't be too heavy, so I'll be able to play a couple of Monday qualifiers. And um, just getting my name in front of some tournament directors, uh, especially for next summer when I plan to turn professional, um, hopefully getting into some tournaments through a sponsor exemption. Um, guys, knowing who I am, I think that's going to help me a lot. Um, so, yeah, the U.S. Open was like you said, it definitely was a life-changing week, and it was really cool to have um, all my close circle there with me too. Yeah, that's great. And then that helps you as well as playing that that round on Monday gets you in at that Barbasol Championship uh, down there in Kentucky at Keen Trace. Um, again, he's Max is teeing off at eight fifty-seven. So follow along that. There's a, a tracker on Twitter as well. If, I think maybe you'll get some hole-by-hole updates from your team out there. Uh, how do you set? goals for this week you know you still have amateur status so it's not like you're playing for a massive check uh, in this event you know what how does that uh, change your thinking if at all um i don't think that has a whole thing to uh, a ton to do with it um i think for me playing golf i want to compete i want to win uh, i want to bring glory to god i want to enjoy all the experience with my friends and family and then the money is just an additional thing that I'm hopefully looking forward to in the future. Um, but yeah, I think this week, um, after knowing how I played at the U.S. Open, I think there's no reason that I shouldn't be able to compete this week if I'm playing this the kind of golf that I'm capable of. Um, so I think not having a ton of expectation or particular goals this week, um, but trying to take each round by itself and play the golf that I can and hopefully find my name. Uh, near the leaderboard are there any moments when i don't know probably more at the u.s open than than being around the range at, at this week in alternate field it's still very cool it's a pga tour event i'm not trying to diminish that in any way but there has to have been some moments where you're looking around and like is this real am i really out here at this point i mean uh, maybe you don't feel that way but i know i would yeah it's a different feeling this week um i was a little bit starstruck and um at, at both of the U.S. Opens I played, uh, my eyes were open pretty big. I was impressed with all the grandstands and all the player hospitality stuff and all the big-name guys that I was out there sharing the course with. Um, but this week's a little bit different. Um, it's not quite as top-heavy of a field as a major would be. And um, it's just, you know, it's, it's not a major championship, but it is still a PGA Tour event. Um, and I think that being out here, um, the more experiences I get, the more comfortable I'm going to be. So I'm just going to try and soak this one in and, and get as, as comfortable as I can out here, hoping that one day this is what I can do week to week. How does, how does your experience with and at Ohio State help prepare you? You think golf is such an individual sport. I know that, but there's a lot of former Buckeyes on tour. We know that you know one has a museum on campus not far from the practice facility. Uh, one of the greatest of all time uh, is an Ohio State legacy. Um, what is it about Ohio State? It's not... 
it's not we don't have the greatest weather all year it's not the ideal place to war you know practice your game but how is it that ohio state gets guys like you ready for situations like this um i think we play a really really awesome schedule which helps a lot with preparation for big tournaments um, we get to play some really tough and really great golf courses which is what they do on the pga tour and in majors so i think um, showing up to, to golf courses and not being um, not being scared at all or not being intimidated by the challenge because I'm used to playing it with all the college events that we play. I think that's a huge thing. And um, I think the camaraderie that we have is great. We have a, a special group, a really close group, which I think a lot of teams might not have. So it's cool to have a close group that, you know, we're encouraging each other throughout the summer. And I think that's a big thing. Um, you know, individual the summer becomes very individual, but um, we have a team that, you know, is still a team throughout the summer when we see each other and even when we don't. So um, it's just a great group. So normally the last thing before I let you get back out to prepare for, you know, Thursday's round, the first round of the Barbasol, we always ask, you know, we do these, the other sports around campus that aren't football, like, hey, have you been able to take advantage of NIL yet? Uh, what sponsorships do you want? It seems like since the USGA and RNA changed their rules a couple of years ago, you're in a good position. It seems like you're doing pretty well. Are there still some sponsors that you haven't reeled in yet that you want? Um, not really. I'm pretty happy where I'm at right now, especially as an amateur. Um, but I'm just, I'm thankful that they're, they're allowing college athletes to capitalize a little bit on NIL. I think it's, especially in, in golf where travel expenses and tournament entry fees, you know, stuff's really expensive. Um, so it's nice to have um, some help with that throughout the summer. Um, and, and yeah, it, it's been cool to represent a few companies that um, I have a personal or close connection with. And um, yeah, it's, it's been really good so far. All right. Well, uh, hopefully a few more people will be tuned in to watch uh, Maxwell Moldovan. He qualified for the Barbasol Championship in a Monday qualifier, made the cut at the U.S. Open, and he's still got another year at Ohio State. So pay close attention to that. Uh, again, he'll be out there on the tee at 8.57 on Thursday looking to make another cut on the PGA Tour. Uh, Max, we thank you for your time. We wish you the best of luck this weekend. Thank you, Austin. Appreciate you having me. God bless. All right. For Max, I'm Austin Ward. Thanks for joining us on the podcast daily. We'll talk to you later.